In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's especially poignant to have so many more voices in the choir as we enter deeper into Holy Week, considering the year that we have just gone through. And considering all of the haze, all of the grief, confusion, frustrations, lack, emptiness, etc. It was very good to hear the beauty of the choir and the hymns of Holy Week. They reverberate through our souls and they hit us in places that words just spoken cannot. I remember when, I think it was fifth or sixth grade, we all had, at my age, and maybe this doesn't exist anymore, we had D.A.R.E. Do you remember D.A.R.E.? <laughs> I think it was an offshoot of MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, I think that's what kicked D.A.R.E. into action. I didn't know that until much later, of course. But they tell you all the effects of drugs because they're trying to scare you straight. And one of the ways that they did that is they made you put on ear goggles. Remember how, do they still do this? They still do it. Okay. Do you remember putting on ear goggles? No. Okay, ear goggles, they put them on you. If I remember, they even maybe spun you around, around once and they wanted you to walk the line. Because ear goggles basically, for those who don't know, uh, make it seem like you're seeing like you're drunk. You can't see straight. Everything looks fuzzy. And Of course, nobody, maybe a few here or there, could actually walk straight and end up going 30, 40 degrees the other direction, missing the target, or falling over, or stumbling, etc. Because you're so disoriented, you can't see straight. And this is what our life with sin typically is like. Many of us are kind of going around in a haze. Okay, not many of us. All of us, usually day to day, are going about in a haze. Bumping into others, tripping up, falling down, not going where we wanted to go. In the hymnody that we heard this evening, we heard from the ecos especially. Let me find it real quick. Why art thou slothful, O my wretched soul? Why dost thou waste thy days in thinking of unprofitable cares? Why art thou busy with the things that pass away? The last hour is at hand, and we shall soon be parted from all that is here. While there is still time, return to soberness, and cry, I have sinned against thee, O my Savior. Do not cut me down like an unfruitful fig tree. But O Christ, in thy compassion, take pity on me as I call and be in fear. May we not be left outside the bridal chamber of Christ. What is the drunkenness? What is our 
falling down or stumbling around our inability to see because we're usually thinking of unprofitable cares. We're usually anxious about things. We're usually consumed with doubt. We're usually consumed with all the things that are happening in the here and now that seem to just kind of overwhelm us. They take priority over everything else. Even priority over our spouse or our children or our parents or our loved ones. They just overwhelm us. We think of things that pass away. We think like Judas about money. We think like the Pharisees and the Sadducees as we heard and our Lord's incredibly strong rebuke to them. But there's nothing like for us to hear this and it's a temptation. I do it. You hear all this woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, brood of vipers. And you hear that and you just kind of step to the side and say, where's that going? Who's that for? Because that's not me. I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not a hypocrite. Let's be honest. Let's be frank. We're all Pharisees, Sadducees, hypocrites, vipers, white-washed tombs. This isn't about someone else. This is about us wearing our beer goggles, one, you know, tripping around, falling. This is why the church offers us Lent. This is why the church offers us all the sacraments, period. This is especially why we have the type of view of Lent, and then we have the especially solemn celebration of Holy Week, so that we can return to soberness, so that we can be able in some way to get close to 2020 vision. It's always going to be a little blurry. It's always going to be a challenge. But when we come to this week, when we look at our Savior arrayed in the beauty of the bridegroom, we're able, if we show up internally, to hear the words, to not, as the Pharisees and Sadducees do, reason, right? You hear the word, we all do this. Someone comes to you, especially your spouse probably, and says, look, and you already know what's going to happen, right? They have something to tell you. They have something to tell you that you know you've probably heard 50,000 times, and it's going to cut. Or maybe parents coming to tell children. Maybe even children coming to tell parents. And what do we almost always do? We defend, we employ reason, we give excuses, we dodge, we step aside, and we let what could be an encounter, what could be vulnerability in order to actually reconcile and have communion, we usually try to trip them up. This is what the Pharisees and Sadducees are doing. They don't want to deal with him. They don't want to truly see him. They've got beer goggles on, and they're swinging because they're upset, they're stung, their pride, their shame. 
their greed, their envy. These are why our Lord, in his courage, in his truthfulness, in his purity, in his beauty, can say what he says. One of the last hymns that we heard a few moments ago is lauding the bridegroom. O bridegroom, surpassing all in beauty, thou hast called us to the spiritual feast of thy bridal chamber. Strip from me the disfigurement of sin, the participation in thy sufferings. Clothe me in the glorious robe of thy beauty, and thy compassion make me feast with joy at thy kingdom. When we think of the bridegroom, when we think of the crown, the reed that he holds, the royal vesture that he has on of purple, that is not the definition of beauty according to the world. For most of the world, drunk, wearing the beer goggles, has defined beauty in all the things that pass, all the things that have no substance to them. For the beauty of youth flees. Money gets spent. Money does not go with you as we hear the funeral service. King, slave, warrior, whoever, we're all dying and we're going to die. But the beauty, what lasts, what is eternal, what is crystal clear, but what requires, as the hymn tells us, to be able to see, to be able to interpret, to understand and love that beauty, it means we have to participate in his sufferings. Joy comes into the world through the cross. Joy comes into the world through hearing the words of our Lord and not sidestepping them, but letting them hit us falling down before him and crying out, Holy, holy, holy art thou. Through the Theotokos have mercy on us. This will allow us to have joy in the kingdom. This will be what lasts. This is what the friendships, the communion that we have with those that we love and the vulnerability and the bonds that are created there, the relationships that we have with all the friends of God, the saints, because true love, as defined by the beauty of the cross, suffers all things, believes all things, endures all things, is not a whitewashed tomb, is not reasoning its way out of things, it accepts the truth. It bows before the truth. It worships the truth in all of its bloody beauty. May God give us lamps ready for the bridegroom like the wise virgins. May God tear up our heart with his beauty so that we pursue him by participating in his sufferings 
so that we may rejoice in the kingdom of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen.